The Leadership Files, a new series from Christians in Sport with Graham Daniels. Well, welcome to the Christians in Sport podcast. It feels like an age. Well, four months actually, since uh, we last had a chat together. Great to be back, and we're back with a new series called The Leadership Files. In this series, we're going to look at three very different people with entirely different aspects in sport, different careers and passions, uniting them all, Christians who have significant leadership roles in the world of top-level sport. First of all, Chris Jones from Triorki in the Welsh Valleys, a tremendous, really, I would say, world-class level youth coach. Top draw. Alison Nicholas who's captained the Solheim Cup golf team, a woman used to making really difficult decisions at top-level international golf. And finally, Debbie Flood, the first ever female captain of the almost 200-year-old Leander Boat Club, multiple Olympian and leader at Leander. Very different sports, men and women, with two things in common a passion for Christ and a significant leadership ability in the world of sport. So let's get started. Here's Chris Jones. Yeah, so the thing is now, when we interviewed Chris Jones before, uh, it's listened to all the time, his podcast. But the thing was, there was so much in it, right? We, we, we didn't have enough time really to talk about what he thought about coaching. Right. It was such an interesting story. And then we got on to the Ronda Zebras and the right. Triorki period. Yeah. So we're going to pin down a little bit more history, right. right, Chris? Right. First of all, when you, you're back injury, your early yeah. 30s yeah. like that, you've been banned yeah. for life twice. Yeah. That's the first podcast. You yeah, have yeah, to listen yeah. to it. You started coaching. When did you start uh, yeah, coaching yeah, again? Yeah, um, I'd done or a bit rather, of coaching. Start yeah, coaching really. yeah, I'd done a bit of coaching before that um, mm. with Clive, um, and um, and then um, during that period, then uh, we, we went down to Pontypridd to coach. Yes, and um, you know that's when I, I, you know, I knew that I, I couldn't play anymore, and so I, I committed myself to coaching, you know, full on. When you first started coaching, well, there's a couple of things, isn't there? But when you let's when you first started coaching, um, you've been quoted as saying, "When I first started out, I coached as I played." Yeah, I did, and yeah. I would coach the forwards. Yeah, uh, and I know you, you'd hate this now, isn't it? But you'd say, you know, if he if he was a boy. Well, because of the way rugby was played then, couldn't kick somebody yeah, in the head. Yeah, then he yeah. couldn't get in my team. Yeah, as yeah. it were. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. As you look back on that period, how long was that period? And and can you imagine it today, looking back on it now? No, I can't. No, I can't imagine it uh, today. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of things I did back then, uh, sort of, uh, really from another world, if you like. But but they were from another world as well. The times were different. You know, it was a uh, um, you know brutal. I've gone on record as saying it was a brutal game in those days um, and um, you know uh, there was um, the things like r- rucking involved they were allowed to basically walk over players 
Um, and um, yeah, so I, I just took it a step further. Uh, you know, took the bounds of legality, you know, further, um, and obviously drifted into illegalities and everything. Um, but uh, as I say, it was a you know, and and I think as well that particularly when it came down to Pontypridd, I I I felt that there was a um, there was a need to um, toughen up the the, the park in Pontypridd at that time, and that was my way of of, of going about it. But it's interesting. Chris, watching you now, many years later, mm. with with huge success under your belt, uh, in a different world of rugby and a different approach, mm. one thing seems to me, knowing you, to have been consistent. Mm. I watch you coaching average youngsters mm. at a sports camp, mm. a national sports camp. Mm. You know, they're not the elite. Mm. They're not the Dewa Shield boys mm. that you have here in the Ronda. Mm. But you're tough on them. Yeah, you're, you're you're friendly. Yeah, but but you make them go through barriers. Yeah, yeah. You, you've never lost that. What, yeah. t- well, talk I about think, that. Yeah, right. Okay. I think that um, for me, part of um, any good coaching, any good leadership, if you like, you've you, you've got to be passionate about uh, what you do. Um, people can see that. You know, um, I remember when I first started coaching um, uh, the school children. Um, my brother was a, was a teacher, and I said, you know, I'd only coached men before then. And he said, you know, you still got to stay passionate, Chris. You really got got to get into this because, you know, he said, yeah, you you know, you ever think of um, certain school teachers you can remember. They're on the touchline and their hands are in their pocket and they talk into other people and whatever. Their teams normally lose. Think of the, the successful teams and uh, that teacher is there and he and he's he's there playing the game with the boys. The boys know that he's with them hundred um, percent. And so you know uh, it's, that wasn't difficult for me because I am passionate about coaching. Um, something I love doing. Uh, but I also think that. You know, it's a, a necessary quality for a for for any sportsman, but especially a rugby player, because the nature of the game is is tough. This physical confrontation. There are fifteen guys who are trying to stop you um, from scoring points. You know, and uh, and the laws of the game allow confrontation at scrums and lineouts and rucks and balls and especially tackling. So if you go into that half-hearted. Then you know you were you were going to come out second best. Do you think? Because you know a, a number of sports well. Do you think the psychological factor that you're mm. describing here, mm. the passion of the coach yeah. for the commitment, that the mental toughness yeah. to go into physical challenges of the player, yeah. is that higher? Is the mental demand in rugby higher than other sports? For well, uh, yeah, probably uh, you know more sports um, because of the nature of the physical um, contact in the game. You know, I mean, uh, you know, um, I suppose um, sports like American football, um, boxing, and and whatever would be it would require similar types of uh, passion and commitment. 
um, you know, leading to, to mental toughness. You've got to be mentally tough to survive, you know. Having become a follower of Jesus yeah. in your early coaching career, yeah. Yeah. Um, what fascinates me is the first thing you thought was, I, I don't know if I could actually go on mm. in rugby mm. because it brings out the worst in yeah. me. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm chasing this yeah. line between a man who's now in his 50s, yeah. has been a hugely successful coach, yeah. still pushes his players for mental toughness but mm. you must have changed in some ways yeah. in your approach to that yeah how did that start in the first place with faith well yeah okay so it, it was a challenge to me when i became a christian because i thought that i couldn't do it but you know there are there have been thousands upon thousands of rugby players who played the game tough uh but fair um, they didn't all play the game like I did, or as I coached my players to do pre-Christian days. Um, and so I had to sort of come to terms with that. I had to marry it all up. Um, but, you know, I feel um, you know, that, that it definitely is possible because um, any sides that I coach, uh, you know, they will be committed. Um, they'll be physically and mentally prepared. You know, they'll be tough, if you like, but they'll play within the rules as well. Um, it's not something, you know, that I, I felt, you know, if I felt that, that I couldn't um, coach the sport within the rules of the game, um, then I wouldn't, um, then I wouldn't do it. Was there ever a point in those early days where you were sitting at home planning a session or getting ready for a big game and getting the boys ready? Mm where you're trying to work out what the line was yeah. in preparing them, mm. but staying in the rules because yeah. of your new perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And um, uh, there are probably times that I, I, I overstepped the mark. Um, uh, but I, I, I would have to say that probably earlier on, I was probably um, tougher on myself and, and uh, um, more careful that we play within the rules than I am today. You know, it's a bit more relaxed about it. I think, you know, in any sport, there's a letter of the law and there's a spirit of the law. And, um, the, the, uh, you know, and I mean that in a, in, in a sporting sense. And, and I think that's especially true of rugby, um, you know. And, um, you know, we can't be stupid about things either. You know, you, you're not going to go on a field like, uh, you know, um, little molly coddlers and uh, you know because obviously you know they to be competitive and I just think that uh, it was that old um, poem from Rudyard Kipling you know basically we go out there and, and do our best and, and if we win fantastic and if we lose and we lose graciously in that as well with a red sailed eye as long as we have um, played the game in a proper manner and that's what's important for me as a Christian coach one off the top of my mind but there and it's something, that, again, I don't know whether to say this on, you know, but I thought about it coming down. Um, but it's something that's sort of um, cropped up a good bit recently. It's funny how these things come around, mm. isn't it, right? And I, I've asked myself the question, um, what would Jesus do? Mm. Now then, I know we all we went through the time we wore the bracelet and, uh, and people did it and it's almost like a cliched thing. But, um, you know, it is that sieve of what would Jesus do? Um, and so tough but fair, 
what's most important to me is um, of all is is uh, is that I am able to uh, to get before God. You know, it used to be look yourself in the mirror there, but as a Christian, to get before God and 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 feel at peace with Him. That, that's what's most important. As a balancing act. It, it's nine do a Absolutely. shield. Right, nine do a shield. Ten now. Ten this last ten year. This year. I, see, I thought I knew it, Mr. I was saying it was ten. I'm sure it was ten. Right, see, so ten do a shields. So you, you started coaching 93. Uh, yeah, started coaching. Started coaching the do a shield side 97. 90, right, started coaching the do a shield side 97. Yeah. Under 15s, best, best mm. level in Wales. Mm. Rhonda. Had never won it in a hundred years. Yeah. Since '97, you've won it ten times. Started in '99, right? Yeah. Winning, yeah. winning, outrageous. All these boys who come through the system, eighty-four boys until a year ago, this is, mm. had come through the Welsh yeah. youth system. Yeah, for the you. Welsh uh, age grade system. Age, yeah. age over groups. ninety now, I think. Yeah, yeah you're up to nineties, mm. right? So yeah, if you're hundred yeah. of that soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, f- over 40 boys playing professionally yeah. and five full internationals. Yeah. Have you still got the hunger now? Absolutely. How does that stay? I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I have to say that um, I love doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I believe that... that um, it's where God wants me to be. I have to say that, um, and um, and so you know, I, I keep I keep revisiting uh, the days when um, you know I played around the schools rugby, and um, I'm, I'm really we you know never uh, achieve what we should have achieved, and um, yeah, and I think back to my own sort of wasted rugby career, and I just want to help. Others up in the up in the valley to not go down the roads that I went down and to um, fulfil their potential. Not just as rugby players. I keep saying this. Rugby for me is a, a means to an end. Is to help run the boys uh, be the best people they can be. So, what's the difference in your lived experience of following Christ when you have that viewpoint that others have? What is the difference then? The difference between if you are a Christian, yeah, yeah, believing all those things, yeah, and somebody who's really good and believes all this too, yeah, but is not following Jesus, yeah, what is the difference in your life as a coach then? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, that you know, it, it is a fact that um, qualities you need as a as a um, as a successful leader for me. Would be things like uh, integrity, courage, perseverance, boldness, humility. They happen to be good Christian qualities. Now I'm not saying a non-Christian wouldn't have those either. I, I don't know, but I, I would. I can only speak for myself. I would say that, that I I lacked definitely some of those before I was a. Christian, you know, and it's something that I um, 
those qualities are something that I strive to uh, possess in my life and live out in my daily life. But uh, especially in a, in a, in my role as a coach. Can you remember the moment when you you as a a follower of Jesus and a coach yeah. cried out in despair in your heart to God for help in being a coach? Um, I as a follower of Jesus, I don't know if I. There are lots of times I cry out to God to yeah. say, help me through this situation yeah. um, as a coach, yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's one particular occasion I would have done that, mm. you know, because, I, I, I mean, let's be real here. Let's paint the whole picture here, right, okay? I love doing what I'm doing. I love it. I believe is is I believe that is my call from God if you like I feel at peace I was it Eric Little said I feel his pleasure when his when he when he, I run he said I feel his pleasure when I coach okay but you know it's tough at, at times it's tough and it can be exasperating you know you have to deal with people continually and I'm sure they get exasperated by me as well okay and at times you have different opinions with uh, you know, different people governing the governing bodies and, and whatever. Um, I, I I keep saying this all the time, and I would give this advice to any young coaches coaching youngsters. I keep saying I'm everyone's favourite uncle until I don't pick them. <laughs> and um, and I think you know, Garin Jenkins says a, a great line, uh, the old Welsh guy. When I ask him who's the best coach I've ever had, the ones that picked me. <laughs> You know, and um, and so yeah, so the course of times are tough. Uh, uh, sometimes it's tough, and sometimes you know we do sort of cry out to God for guidance or for just solace. Sometimes for comfort, um, but I do find that in His Word. You know, there's a lines of uh, scripture that says that um, my burden is light, and you know, cast your cares on me. And then at times, I think we all need that, and no matter how much you enjoy your job. You know, I uh, I have to do that as well. If uh, if someone's listening, and they could coach, you know, they 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 could do it. They know the game enough. Why should people spend their lives coaching? Because for most people, it won't be full time. Yeah, it's your job. Yeah. For most people, it won't be full time. Why would you invest your life yeah. as a Christian in coaching? Why? Because, you know, pe people, youngsters especially, are worth investing time in. Um, people invested time in me. I wish some had invested more time in me. And, um, yeah, and the opportunity to just be able to influence, um, to teach, to care for youngsters, I think, and to see them reach their potential. That's that's got to be worth it. Yeah. No, I, I can't finish this interview with thinking. In the first podcast we did, I'd read, did the research, isn't it? And I, I told you this in the podcast. I read 
uh, when you started working with your brother Clive. Yeah. I don't know if it was Trocky or Pontepri originally. Right. It was Trocky. Trocky we started. Yeah. When you started. Yeah. And you were still really in behavior patterns yeah. that you'd been in as a player. And somebody said to you, well, you are a terrible role model yeah. for these young men. And you remember it, doesn't it? Uh, you said to this person, well, I don't care. Mm. I really don't care. Mm. What a dramatic story that is looking back, Chris, isn't it? That's the early 90s. Yeah. We're now in 2017. Yeah. How many boys? How many families? C could you guess how many families you've know. had friendships with? Uh, of course, thousands of, of youngsters. Thousands. And all that, you know, they're, new, like, they're not islands. They're all part of families and whatever. Yeah. It's a privilege, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive privilege. What an honour and a privilege to be able to just play a small part in some of these youngsters' lives and their families as well. Awesome. Chris Jones, I wouldn't mind coming every day <laughs> from Cambridge, even if we have to detour uh, to Pontypri hey, the rugby club. The house of pain, man. The this house of pain. Yeah, hey, you're right in the heart of it. Come yeah. on, tell us why the house of pain. Come oh, on, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, you, you know, you you took your life in your hands when you came to play down your boy. Because <laughs> it was rough. It. Right? it was rough. You got to be tough, man. Did you used to say to people, "Welcome to the house"? Of oh pain. yeah, that, well, it's got it up the sign. I do. You're probably rushing in. The sign up in the front is "Welcome to the house of pain." <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Right, I'm getting out. <laughs> Good. <laughs> wow. Well, that was the first of our series, the Leadership Files. What a start! Now, there will be more in this series over the next few months. Subscribe to it on iTunes to be the first to find out when a new episode is released. In fact, you can find all of the episodes from the last few years on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Just search for Christians in Sport. You can also hear an interview with Chris about his playing career. You can also... You can also hear an interview with Chris Jones about his playing career there... And indeed, many more top-level athletes as they discuss their sport and their Christian faith. If you get a chance, why don't you leave us a little review on iTunes? It does help us. Oh, and finally, if you're an athlete, why not get in touch with us at christiansinsport.org.uk? We would love to hear from you. Well, see you later. Next time, all the best.